You're listening to Women Making Waves. Lots of people are involved in voluntary work and Stevie Roach and Juliet Gibbs from Read Easy are no exception. But what they do really changes people's lives because they take adults who are unable to read and teach them this valuable skill. Stevie and Juliet tell Linda Ness about the unexpected differences that learning to read can make to an individual and their family. Read Easy is a not-for-profit organisation that recruits, trains and supports volunteers to give one-to-one tuition to adults who struggle with reading. I'm joined today by coordinator Stevie Roach and team leader Juliet Gibbs. Hi ladies, thank you very much for joining us today. Hello. Hello. Firstly, is there a need for a charity that helps people to read these days? Well, it's very interesting you should ask that question because uh, Cambridge is known for being a highly educated part of the country. Mm. The problem with taking averages of levels of education is that you have some people who've got three PhDs in Cambridge (laughs) and you have other people who've got 14 GCSEs. And when you average that over the whole population, yes, we do appear to be more educated than most parts of the rest of the country. But as most of us know, Cambridge is a city of division. And uh, there are lots of people who, for one reason or another, have not had access to full education. For example, some of our readers, uh, we discovered, were in the care system and were moved around to different primary schools. Others were undiagnosed dyslexics. Mm -hmm. And so they were just told they were stupid. And then we have others who are ADHD and it wasn't diagnosed Difficult to sit in a classroom and concentrate. And we also have quite a number of people who come from other countries for whom English is a second language. So there's a variety of reasons why some parts of the community have not had access to learning how to read. And once you've been humiliated in a classroom, it's actually very difficult to volunteer to go back into a classroom with lots of other people and be humiliated again. I can imagine. How, how did you two get into this then? Were you just looking for work or, or how did that happen? Well, I suppose Stevie and I had both recently finished teaching I had and Stevie had done other things with her her children and we were talking about what we could do to use our skills as teachers to help those who had difficulty reading as adults so we looked around and discovered that actually in Cambridge you have the basic skills classes but for people as Stevie was explaining who've had difficulties with reading in their past education they're not going to go into a classroom so we thought well, what could we do so we looked online and discovered a charity called Read Easy and their aim is to train up coaches adult volunteers in order to teach an adult to learn to read on a one-to-one basis so it's a free service and we try and match up a coach with a reader, with one person. So there's no humiliation. The reader feels comfortable because they're with one person. There's no competition. Mm -hmm. So it's a very soft approach, really, but it's one that works very, very well and really gets the the reader engaged and gets them moving forward with their reading. And the lovely thing about it is that we have amazing people in Cambridge. We are better place than many others and a lot of people went into early retirement around about 58 Mm -hmm. and others once their children start school want to put something back and they recognize that they've been fortunate and the the beauty of it is that we have amazing people who freely give their time 
everyone's a volunteer. Not one single person gets paid. From what you're saying, it sounds to me that people who come, who people who need help in this area and literacy, they, they must spend their lives kind of ducking and diving and being ashamed, really, of, of no literacy. Well, in fact, one of the big problems is that it tends to be intergenerational. So, for example, my children will never iron anything because it's <laughs> they haven't observed me ironing uh, and so it's not a learnt skill. They have observed my mother ironing every time she comes up, I'm glad to say. Uh, but uh, so some of the children won't ever witness their parents reading mm-hmm. or writing and so it's not through modelling that they, they will won't pick help up a book. them because a lot of learning That's to read thing, when you're yes, a child exactly. is the help at home. Isn't it's it? listening yeah. to your parent or somebody, an adult, reading to you and understanding that what is in front in this on this page tells a story. They're actually on the back foot. Do you have a methodology of teaching? Do you have a, a particular methodology? Well, in fact, I, I, this is the radio, so unfortunately, <laughs> it won't help our listeners. But I brought along the books that were made. We use the Dolch psyched words as well. That's 220 words of which 40% of any script written in any newspaper is made of those 220 words. Oh, so it's words. the most common words in exactly. use. Exactly. Okay. Uh, I don't know where Dolch comes from, actually. It's not an acronym for anything. And it works wonderfully. And one of our readers, dear Amina, was on the bus and she phoned me up and she said, Stevie, this is amazing. Everywhere I look, there are words and I haven't noticed the words before. She said, I saw fire exit today and I saw safety. And she went through all these things. I had to listen to every word that she'd seen on the bus. <laughs> but the, so the scales fell She was really excited about that, exactly. which you would be. You Absolutely. would be. And, and so people refer themselves now, which is fantastic. But Juliet will explain where we get all our different readers from because we have been lucky. Yes, I was going to ask ask that because I'm wondering how they come forward, how they find you. Because if you can't read and you're ashamed to talk about it, how do you get there? Well, in the very early days, we were very lucky. We had contacts through CAB, uh, the Job job Centre. So we did presentations. We were very lucky. Somebody helped us um, to network. And so we gave presentations. And so they knew of our existence. So the Job Centre and as a CAB and various other sort of family workers. And when they realised that this was a service that was absolutely free... They said, right, we'll start to look at uh, people that we're working with and see who would benefit. And, of course, the job centre, if you can't fill in a form online and quickly, then it it just goes. So for for people who can't read or have great difficulties with reading, they can't fill in a single application, really, in their time slot. So that's how it all started. Do you remember when uh, Paul Shishko from the job centre called us and he said, Steve, we've only just realised that actually some of our people who come in to use the computers are on it from nine o'clock in the morning until five o'clock and when we ask them how many jobs they've applied for they say none and it's because they have taken such a long time to read the form and the job description and they're asking different people as they come through the door just read this sentence for me rather than say Hey, I I've can't forgot read. my glasses. I can't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so the things kept timing out. Two of our readers actually came via the job centre very early on, and you know everybody wins from that, and uh, and it's changed their lives. One of our readers who came via the job centre was on a television programme called This Time Next Year, 
and another of our readers actually wrote an article for Big Issue magazine about reading and how it's changed his life. Tell us about amazing. that story for this time next year because that was quite amazing. I know you sent me a link and I watched it and oh, I was, it was, was I was in tears. Well, I, I've known John for nearly two years and I was in tears <laughs> and I couldn't believe that because it's such a, a, a an incredible story. So John had meningitis when he was a very young child, when he was just a baby. And the doctors at the hospital actually advised his parents not to bother to take him home. They said, nothing will come of him. He will never achieve anything. Basically, they... What was the plan then? Just to leave him in hospital? Leave him in hospital, institutionalised, absolutely. And they said that he would just be in a permanent vegetative state. Um, um, But thank uh, goodness they didn't. (laughs) But also, I think John's mum was made of quite stern stuff. And because part of his brain was damaged, the pathways, there were no pathways to Mm. reconnect. So a lot of his time was spent on, because he lost his hearing as well, on speech and language. And so he actually didn't approach reading um, at the special school he attended for his hearing and speech until much later on. And it's a difficult one for him because he doesn't have straight connectors. He has to really work hard at everything he does. A bit like a dyslexic. Mm. And I'm not insulting anyone because my, my son and daughter are dyslexics. And they explained to me that their brains are like a ball of wool that's been played with by a cat. (laughs) And so whereas I just go to my filing cabinet in my brain and pick out the relevant information, they have to go through all this ball of wool, find the end, then they have to travel back all the way through this ball of wool in order to give the information necessary. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what it's like for John as well. Anyway, he came to us. And we, we met went, in a cafe, yeah. didn't we? We met him, yeah. Uh, Juliet and I both met him, and uh, and he turns up to every single session, and he can't believe that he's reading at last. And he's a real character. Absolutely. He's a real... And he had, he had a reason for wanting to, to write That's a letter, right. didn't he? That's yes. Right. We haven't said partner. how old he is now. Are we allowed to say how old he is? I think so. So he's 65 now, mm-hmm. so he's got through life so he's always worked and provided for his family he's done various jobs of course in those days you didn't have to have a health and safety certificate etc so you didn't need to learn to read with certain jobs Mm -hmm. so he'd always held down a job he was very proud of that and rightly so too and then it came to just before retirement his job fell away was it three weeks for what i've yeah so he was sent to the job centre and then they realised he couldn't read at all. So that's why Stevie and I went to meet him. A very brave thing to do Absolutely. this time next year. And presumably he went on at the beginning of his um, his journey. Learning journey, yeah. And, and said, I want to be able to read. And he wanted to be able to read. Let's let's hear the reason why. Well, he, he um, His partner's a really nice woman and he'd only ever been able to sign cards with from John. And he couldn't even write his full name. So when he'd sign anything, he'd sign it from John. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to write her a love letter, which is so poignant. Yeah. And uh, and he wrote her a 
beautiful love letter. And in fact, he wrote her poems as well. And there's just no stopping him. And I love the fact that he went on that show because that's a brave thing to do. It's a brave thing to have everybody you know, potentially, your neighbours and everybody else, realising the situation you're in. But what a brave thing to do. And he was able to say at the end of it, he could read and write. I loved that. Well, his son was sitting next to me in the television studio and he'd actually said, look, please don't have me on screen because because actually I know this is going to be emotional and I thought I was going to be okay. <laughs> well, well, the people behind me were crying. Davina McCall was crying. And it wasn't out of sadness. It was out of, oh, this is such a beautiful story. Very moving story. Very, very moving. And he's one of our best advocates, I think. I think so, yeah. yeah. They also, many of them have... It's a paraphrase, but a downer on themselves, as it were. And so don't think they're worthy of belonging to a community, which is tragic. Mm -hmm. And so you get their mental health is impacted. Also, their physical health is impacted. One of the the ladies through Read Easy uh, said that her daughter was delighted when she hadn't made a cottage pie out of dog food for quite a while. (laughs) Because she hadn't <laughs> thought of that. You would just go in and... She got value yeah. tins. Yeah. And you then when she brought it. them home, she couldn't read the difference between dog food yeah. and mince steak. Yeah. And so there are lots of things that we as readers really don't We appreciate. just take for granted, don't and we? And finding yes. your way somewhere, yeah. knowing which bus to go on. Well, we had one lady who was in her 50s who'd never been into town on the bus before. And she went on the bus for the first time and she said it opened her eyes to things that she could do this, whereas before, I don't know how she got, she must have She'd walked have scared, in. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So our remit is not to get people into work. Our remit is not to repair people's ill health. Our remit isn't to repair people's mental health. But the side impacts of what over 60 people have achieved is an improvement in all those things and that's like an extra bonus if you like all the time and it makes you feel so good because it changes people's lives and you can really yeah. see it's it's tenable isn't it yeah. the the change in people once they start on that reading journey that Don't suddenly uh, Peter. Yeah, Peter, yes. So one of our earlier readers, actually, we, Stevie and I went along to meet him. He came through the job centre yeah. and he'd had all kinds of issues. I think he went to a special school and was distant from his family. And one of the reasons was because he had been invited by his brother to read at his wedding and he turned it down and he couldn't say it's because I didn't want to read it or he couldn't read it. He can't read it. He can't read it. So he said, no, he wouldn't do it. And of course, the brother took this as being an affront, really. He didn't want to be his best man. Exactly. So his brother then moved to South Africa. Yeah. so, So he'd kind of lost contact with his family and was very isolated in the community. And when Stevie and I asked about having a, somebody to give us a, if there was a problem, whatever, he said, well, I suppose my landlady would miss my rent. But there was nobody else that he could give as who would as emergency contact, contact no, a detail. So that was just felt really sad. And he was always speaking to us. We never looked properly at his face. He was always with his head down. And anyway... We paired him up with a really wonderful coach who was also... Oh, she's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, a counsellor. counsellor and just absolutely wonderful. 
And he gradually learnt to read. I mean, now I think he's reading classics and things. He's gone on so well. But the next time we went to see him, it was like he'd grown six inches. And he could look at us in the face. And the wonderful result with Peter is he made contact with his family and was able then, because he felt good about himself, he was able to explain that, you know, when as a child he'd gone to a special school and were away from the family and then never learnt to read and had never caught up. And so he's back in touch with them. And His brother sent him a ticket to South Africa. Yeah. Yeah. Actually sent him a ticket and he went over there and met his brother's family. Hadn't seen his brothers for for donkey's ears. Mm-hmm. And that was fantastic. And that's the difference that this made. Yeah. That's really quite incredible. For those listening that might be having difficulties, how would they get in touch with you? Well, we've got a, a free phone number, mm-hmm. uh, which is... So it's 0300 365 0052. And it's easy to remember because... Yes, because there are 365 days in the year and there are 52 weeks in the years so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Good. we thought we'd choose an easy number for people to remember mm-hmm. and there's also our email address which is cambridge at readeasy.org.uk we'll put that information on That's our website so there's a facebook yeah. page as well that people can have a look at and we share the story so every time somebody has a success we take a photograph and we celebrate them mm-hmm. because uh, you know it is an achievement it is and it gives other people hope of what they can do and likewise our, our volunteers just to talk about the other side of the coin as well our volunteers everybody is trained because not everyone has been a teacher so we get people from all different walks of life We've got yes doctors. that's the other side of it isn't it the people volunteering absolutely. to help absolutely mm. we have engineers we have a, a lot a variety of people from different backgrounds so in order that everybody's on the same page we send the information about what's involved and then they're enrolled onto a very intensive training day. We always make sure that coaches have plenty of support and we'll, we have get-togethers from time to time and we'll show them new new information, new resources that perhaps we've managed to, to uh, buy. And actually we have been really, really lucky because there's a, a group called Talking Together in Cambridge and they very generously supported us for uh, different materials um, uh, in part last year and also education. Education services have, all, have also been very, very supportive of us and they've supported us from the very beginning, yeah. believing in what, what we were doing um, because they like to support anything that is to do with education and reading, they felt, with adults was a, was a very important issue. Mm-hmm. So they have very generously supported us for the last three years, actually, yes. yeah, since we've been going, since our very very start. But we're always looking for money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd just get that in there quickly because the more we have, the more resources we're able yeah. to get. I love what you're doing here. It sounds quite amazing. And thank you very much, Stevie Roach and Juliet Gibbs, for joining us today. That was Linda Ness talking to Stevie Roach and Juliet Gibbs from Read Easy. 
I was very surprised before I met Juliet and Stevie. I was very surprised that there were so many people, mm. especially, I suppose, in this area, but so many people generally that they can't read. But when they started talking about it, it actually made a lot of sense. But in this day and age, when it comes to changing work, like they talked about, mm. and it's it's incredibly difficult. Really. It's, it's fundamental, isn't it? But it is. People don't realise how important it is. I think it's the, the impact is, is what surprises you as well. You never stop to think about it. Mm. You never stop to think about the impact of those that can't read. They have children and they can't read them a bedtime story. They can't help them to read. And then it perpetuates. You, your confidence is just displaced, isn't it? And it mm. does help. I think it's in, incredibly limiting. 